listening to a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Today's gospel reading that you just heard is the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. And this section is known to us as the Beatitudes, very familiar to most of you, I'm sure. There seems to be some debate whether the Sermon on the Mount in Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7 was preached by Jesus all in one sitting or is actually a synopsis of several sermons. Regardless, it is filled with many deeply profound lessons. It takes about 17 minutes to read, slowly enough as if you were preaching it, so it can be delivered within a reasonable sermon length of time. But the fact that it abruptly jumps from one topic to the next, sometimes disconnected, makes me wonder if Matthew actually took highlights from a bunch of teachings and provided us with a summary of Jesus' greatest hits or his best quotes. I may be wrong, but the Sermon on the Mount isn't the kind of sermon I would prepare. Too much new material packed into 17 minutes. But then again, I'm not Jesus, and I'm actually not formally trained in preaching, so who am I to critique any sermon, let alone the Sermon on the Mount? But regardless, the Sermon on the Mount has given us several memorable teachings, among the many starting in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus reveals that you are the salt of the earth and that you are the light of the world. And then there are a whole series of statements with the same structure that begin with, you have heard that it was said, followed by, but now I say to you, usually followed with a surprising, unexpected twist or punchline. Give you some examples. You have heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But now I say to you that if you are angry with someone, you will be liable to judgment. Anger is apparently placed on the same level as murder. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But now I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This one addressing men specifically, once again, compares a simple thought or feeling on the same level as the action. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but now I say to you, do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Definitely not an easy thing to do, revenge often being more satisfying. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but now I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Again, on a similar theme, a difficult, if not impossible, teaching to live by. Moving on to Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount has given us the Lord's Prayer. And other memorable teachings from the sixth chapter include, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and wealth or mammon. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. I like that one. I agree. Matthew chapter 7 gives us, Do not judge so that you may not be judged. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. And finally, the golden rule, in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. See what I mean by too much material for a 15 to 20 minute sermon? And this is only a small sampling. I've skipped over at least 75 other verses. But nevertheless, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, we read, Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. So critiques aside, this sermon at least these teachings, seem to have struck a deep chord in the original audience. And hearing these words of Jesus made a profound impact. Words that their own preachers had never come close to matching. So I want to take us back now, focus on the Beatitudes from today's Gospel reading. As I believe they provide us among other things, a brief and profound glimpse of what Jesus wished us to understand about the kingdom of heaven. And that's the theme I will be focusing on today. Specifically, when the kingdom of heaven is to arrive, like when are we getting there? Where the kingdom of heaven is to be found and who is blessed in the kingdom of heaven, which all three of these actually seem to be exactly the opposite what Jesus is saying, of what we might have expected on all counts, the when, the where, and the who. So I want to briefly explore what implications we might derive from Jesus' teachings on the kingdom of heaven. It's mentioned the kingdom of heaven over a dozen times in the Sermon on the Mount, and twice, as you'll see in the Beatitudes. As for who is blessed... The original audience was probably expecting to hear Jesus say, Blessed are the children of Abraham. Or, Blessed are the prosperous, the healthy, the strong, the educated. Or, Blessed are those who have followed the commandments and the law. But Jesus does not say this. I even pondered, what if Jesus had turned the tables around and pronounced curses instead of blessings? What if he had said, Cursed are the rich? How would that have struck us? Well, as it happens, I was quite surprised to find that Luke's version of the Beatitudes does go that far. Content that Matthew curiously did not include in his version. So listen to the part of Luke's version of the Beatitudes from Luke chapter 6. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. 
And woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. These woes might make some of us feel uncomfortable. They make me uncomfortable, since I must admit that I count myself among the rich or the privileged, among those who are full now, among those who are laughing now, at least most of the time, and many speak well of me, all giving me pause to ponder how these woes speak to me. So keeping these woes in the back of our minds, thank you, Dr. Luke, I want to bring us back to Matthew's version of the Beatitudes. And I want to pay attention specifically to how these blessings are tied to the kingdom of heaven. What I find curious about the kingdom of heaven theme in the Sermon on the Mount is the radical insinuation made by Jesus about the here and now aspect of the kingdom of heaven in the present, established by his coming among us, which he makes abundantly clear. So, for example, note in the first and next to last Beatitudes that you just heard read, where Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, are both stated in the present tense. Blessed are, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's no future here. And so the kingdom of heaven, it seems, is not only to be anticipated in the future, a future hope, as implied maybe by the other future tense beatitudes, they will be comforted, they will be filled, they will be shown mercy. But we should take note that Jesus is also saying that the kingdom of heaven has already arrived, is already in our midst, in our present time and space. And Matthew also suggests this, quoting Jesus just a few verses before the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew writes, From that time Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, or in other translations, is at hand. Thus addressing the question of when the kingdom of heaven is to arrive, it is present in our time, current time and space. In his book, Surprised by Hope, Rethinking Heaven, the Resurrection, and the Mission of the Church, Bishop N.T. Wright dives deeply into a theology of the resurrection that not only affirms what we say in the creed, that we will rise from the dead in bodily form, but boldly reminds us that this will take place right here on this earth, basically as it did with Jesus, where the kingdom of heaven has already been established, has already arrived. I highly recommend the bishop's book to anyone who wants to explore this more deeply because I don't have time to do that. It's a compelling read where the good bishop challenges us to consider our planet, in fact, our own neighborhoods, as the place where the kingdom of heaven has already been established. And he challenges us then to look at what we ought to be doing to build, protect, 
and preserve God's kingdom right here on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord's Prayer, after all, was given to us in the present tense. The bishop urges us to ask questions like, what are we doing or not doing towards building the kingdom of heaven right here in Winnipeg? The Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount might be a good place for us to start exploring what the kingdom of heaven might or should look like right here in our midst. So if the kingdom of heaven is in fact in our midst, in the present here and now, it gives me some pause to examine what I am doing myself in my own life, subconsciously or not, that results in self-satisfaction and self-gratification, while at the same time I am directly or indirectly contributing to the oppression of the poor, the imprisoned, the enslaved, the houseless, the downtrodden, the colonized, all bringing back to mind the woes from Luke's version of the Beatitudes. Do the blessings or the woes apply more to us in the present kingdom of heaven in our midst? A question that I just want us to ponder. Because Jesus is calling us to join him in the kingdom of heaven right here and right now. The kingdom that has been established through his own death and resurrection, which, and as I quote from the bishop's book, his own death and resurrection is the story of God's kingdom being launched on earth as in heaven, generating a new state of affairs in which the power of evil has been decisively defeated. The new creation has been decisively launched, and Jesus' followers have been commissioned and equipped to put that victory and that inaugurated new world into practice. So are we still waiting for the kingdom of heaven to come? If so, we risk missing the present reality that heaven has been in our midst, within our reach all along. And so I offer you that blessing from the Beatitudes this evening. Welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Let us continue to do what we can to bring this kingdom to St. Benedict's Table, to Winnipeg, to Manitoba, to indigenous communities, to immigrant and refugee communities, to our neighborhoods, and to our hurting and, yes, fractured world. It doesn't often look like or feel like the kingdom of heaven, but what are we doing about that? The Beatitudes are statements of grace and of blessing. For those who miss the blessings, they might seem like condemnations or woes like mentioned by Dr. Luke. But for those who get the key message of Jesus and who are working with Jesus to help establish the kingdom of heaven, right here, in the present, now, in this time and space, the Beatitudes are blessings indeed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Blessed indeed are you all, children of God, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church and to access the full catalog of our podcasts going all the way back to 2006, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. In addition, if you are interested in supporting our online work, you can find information on the website using the Donate button located on the top right-hand corner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.